Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Eric. How are you today? I am doing very, very well. Thank you. I know that you have a guest in studio. You guys have such a nice studio over there, by the way. Who did you bring in the studio today to talk with you? I've got one of my fabulous colleagues, Mike McCabe, here in the studio with me today. Awesome. And and what is Mike going to be talking about, or what are you going to be talking about with Mike? Well, what Mike and I are going to talk about today is we're going to be breaking down Social Security and talk about all the things that you need to consider and how to best approach so that you're maximizing your benefits for your personal household. Yeah, I think you actually were telling me one time off air when we were chatting that there's like over 500 ways to apply or to to sign up for Social Security, which is just nuts. I, I just yes, don't. That's think- very confusing. It is. It is. I would say like all things when the government is involved, it it (laughs) is very confusing. All right. Well, I'm here to learn with the audience. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming on the show. And I'm, I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. All right. We're ready. Great. Well, before we jump into our topic today, um, I'd like to give our listeners a little background on my colleague. Uh, Mike McCabe has been in the financial services industry for over 36 years. We became colleagues when our firms merged to form Private Vista back in 2016. He has his CFP, Certified Financial Planner designation. He's a CPA and a CPC, a Certified Pension Consultant. Mike has extensive experience in retirement plans, and his clients are mostly individuals either in or quickly approaching retirement. He loves helping people navigate their finances so that they have a comprehensive plan that puts all the pieces of their financial puzzle together in a way that best supports their goals and what is important to them. In his free time, Mike enjoys spending time with his lovely wife, Kathleen, their families and friends, playing golf, exercising, eating too many things he shouldn't, and volunteering for a variety of organizations. I can personally attest that Mike has a very high level of energy, which is why he needs all those things to keep him busy. So Mike, I want to welcome you into the studio. Thanks. Glad to be here. Very excited for our topic. So now that our audience knows a little bit about what you do both in and outside the office, let's jump into the topic at hand, which is all things Social Security. As Eric alluded to, you know, it is a very broad topic and uh, lots of different decision points and uh, different ways to navigate and then understand and decide how to best use the system for your family and loved ones. So why don't we start off with kind of the basic of, um, you know, what what do you want to start off with on where our focus will be today? Because it's such a broad topic, I, I thought we'd approach it from that who, what, when, and how idea. And we'll kind of go through some thoughts there to give people a little bit of a you know, as much as we can in a brief time, we have some useful information for them. And we'll talk a little bit about taxes as well, because that is a part of it. And then where to get help and what resources people should be using, because there's a lot about social security that can be a little complex and each situation's 
definitely different. Absolutely. I feel like we often use that answer, but definitely when it comes to social security, we kind of put our attorney hats on and say, it depends. Very much so. So based on um, you know what we do plan to cover, do you maybe want to highlight some of the things that we won't have time to cover today, but you at least want to highlight so if it does apply to someone, they know to think about it, it is an option, and then we'll talk at the end of the podcast of how they can contact us. Sure. And also, just in case you're listening to the podcast and waiting for this one part to come along, we're not going to get to it. At least they'll know. That's a great point. For example, there's a lot of talk out there about some grandfathered rules that were in a place for some claiming strategies. They only applied to people who were born before January 1st, 1954. So that's almost kind of behind us now. So we won't be talking about that. Okay. Um, There's some real specifics about how you apply for disability benefits. We're not going to have time to go into that today. And then another category I think we just don't have the time for is if you've got what's called the windfall elimination provision or the government pension offset where you've got some benefits through government agencies or school districts, that sort of thing that complicates benefit calculations. Can't go into that today. We've only got maybe 20 minutes or so, and we probably need 20 hours to do all this stuff. I agree. I agree. And I would love to spend 20 hours talking with you for the record. (laughs) So. All right. Well, I think those are great points. And again, any of our listeners, if that does apply to you and you want to find out a little more about it, we'll let you know at the end of this how to do so. But why don't we, we're going to get into now what we are going to spend our time on together today. So let's start with the who. Sure. I think, you know, when you, when you're applying for social security benefits, one of the key questions we're going to want you to be thinking about is in what role are you applying as, right? And, you know, you can have more than one role. You can be your own self, obviously, your own work history. You could be looking at uh, spousal benefits, you know, for your spouse. You could have an ex-spouse. You can have a deceased spouse. Um, There are certainly folks out there that have a combination of these things. So part of the approach to this is let's think about who we're thinking about. Well, that's interesting there. And that might be something our listeners are not aware of is um, an ex-spouse or a spouse that perhaps died before they did. So we'll get it. Are we going to cover that a little later? Uh, Survival benefits, spousal benefits, and your own benefits is a good way to think about this stuff. Great. So we can already see um, how many decision points or uh, yeah, decision points there are in this process. So we've talked about who and how there might be, how there are different categories, what is the what? So what type of benefits could people be applying for? Sure. Very, very similar concepts, right? So is it what? Am I applying for a spousal benefit on my spouse? Am I applying for my own benefit? Uh, again, the survivor benefits. And where it can really get kind of confusing sometimes is when you've got remarriages, you know, where you have an ex-spouse or an ex-spouse that's deceased. It's that what type of benefit are we going for? And for a lot of people, especially married couples, the baseline decision is, am I thinking about my individual benefit or am I looking at a spousal benefit and which one should I be thinking about claiming or what what do I need to look at to decide what I'm going to claim? And probably a baseline thinking for all of us here when we think about social security is you can't double dip, right? You're going to, based on the various benefits available to you, you're going to get the largest one. There's not a way to quote unquote game the system and get double benefits. Okay. Well, I think one thing that you and I have discovered as we've been talking with clients about this throughout the years is, uh, I think in, in my opinion, I don't want to put words in your mouth. The system is pretty generous for the different beneficiaries of it. Very much so. And, uh, you know, and again, that was the social design of social security, right? It was, you know, 
back when it was designed, there was a lot of one earner households, right? Where the spouse, oftentimes the, the mother didn't have as many work history. So, right. you know, people look back at it and say, well, I, I paid into social security. My wife didn't, but I'm getting my benefit. My wife's entitled to half of mine. That seems pretty good. And then you have situations where you may have two working spouses who both put a lot of time in and they might be thinking, am I going to get double benefits? Well, they each get their own, but you know, the spouse that didn't work got 50% of her husband's or vice versa. So right. um, it's kind of a neat, uh, again, the system was designed to be pretty generous. And then the other piece is the way benefits are calculated, that it's definitely skewed towards lower earning, lower earners, meaning the more, if you make $30,000 and somebody else makes $90,000 on an average history, their social security benefit is not going to be three times. Right? Okay. It's, just, it's definitely uh, front loaded for that at the lower levels, which is again, how it was designed as a social safety net. Yes, absolutely. Especially when we think back to the time after the Great Depression of when it came into existence. I know we're going to go a couple different ways here, but you've talked about spousal benefits, both on if you're still happily married, um, if your spouse predeceased you, or if you are divorced from your spouse. Um, I think you did a great job explaining about, you know, there's no double dipping. The recipient will get whatever the highest benefit that they're eligible for. So you don't have to worry about that. But um, I know one question we often get, especially in the area of divorce is, well, my ex-spouse isn't going to want to share their benefit with me or, oh, I'm going to have to go back to court and fight my ex-spouse because it's going to reduce their benefit. Could you maybe uh, talk a little bit about those common questions we get? Sure. And first, you know, main thing is no worries there. The benefits that you may be able to claim based on your ex-spouse's work history do not affect what your ex-spouse's new spouse's benefits might be. I like to joke, I think it was Mickey Rooney was married eight times, and I don't know how many of his marriages lasted 10 years, but there might be more than one spouse who were getting spousal benefits. So one of the key things is, so spousal benefits is your marriage has to have lasted 10 years, and both parties need to be at least age 62 before benefits will come into play. Your spouse, your ex-spouse does not have to have, does not have to be on social security for you to collect your spousal benefits. So there's no requirement that you coordinate or anything like that. Um, when you do need to contact social security, you can't really do this on a website. You have to contact them and say, Hey, I'm applying for ex-spousal benefits. You're going to need some information at hand, you know, your spouse's date of birth. I've been told you need to have your um, uh, ex-spouse's um, uh, mother's maiden name. Um, their social security number is helpful if you have that. So just make, again, social security is trying to make sure you are who you are. And they won't give you direct access to the earnings record of that ex-spouse. They'll just be able to say, hey, we have your work history. Here's your benefit. And then let's look at your spousal benefit. And remember, you get the larger of the two. So um, that's a key differential for ex-spouses. A part that I think is important to point out here is if it's a situation where it's your husband and wife and you're married and you're looking to apply for benefits, you cannot get spousal benefits unless the worker, your spouse, is also claim their benefits. So that's a that's a key piece, which is very different than survivor benefits, which maybe we'll talk about as we get into other questions. But yeah, key differentiator there. I mean, already I can see, you know, if I'm a, a person out there who's not a financial planner or, you know, dealing with this fairly often, you know, how it could be really helpful to have an advisor. Absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah. You maybe want to talk about some of the things um, of how you've helped some of your clients sure. navigate the system. Yeah. yeah, I think I think for sure it's of course when it, when it's our own clients, we kind of know their situation. We're anticipating a little bit, but you know, the basic scenario is again back to which roles are we talking about, right? If somebody never told you they had an ex-spouse, you wouldn't think to ask about spousal benefits. Uh if they did they had a deceased spouse, you wouldn't think unless they tell you, you don't think to ask. So it's really trying to understand the fact pattern because mm-hmm. they're all so different. And then Lots of other variables that we're going to get into as we think about social security, you know, what what are the exact ages? When were people born? And I think we'll maybe get into that a little bit later. But it's it's just bottom line is understanding the situation, lay out your scenario for your advisor. So you can kind of both of you can kind of figure out what benefits we're going to look for. In the more traditional situation, where I mean we have a, a marriage. Oftentimes, you can get a lot of good benefits just by from your benefit statements off the Social Security website. We're going to talk about how to get benefits in a little bit, but okay. But that's that's a key. When it's an ex-spouse or a deceased spouse, you know, oftentimes you are going to need Social Security's help to figure out the numbers, right? Because they'll need to access the right. workers' earning records and things like that. I think one other thing I just want to kind of highlight that you pointed out is. Um, one person could also be in different buckets throughout their life. Very much so. And and probably the most key one that comes up often enough is survivor benefits are different and unrelated to your own benefit or spousal benefits. Remember, I mentioned previously, you can't get spousal benefits now unless your spouse has applied for their own benefit. That's not the case for survivor benefits, meaning a spouse can, I'll say a wife, for example, can apply for her social security benefit based on her work record, okay. even though her husband hasn't applied for his social security yet. And that's fine. The spouse can get their benefit. And then later on, when the spouse, uh, the husband does start getting their benefit down the road, the husband, let's say he passes away, that spousal benefit that I'm sorry, the survivor benefit is what your husband was getting right? So that benefit doesn't go away. When we have a situation where we've already got a widowed situation, you know, as an example, a client of ours, you know, recently widowed, she'll be 62 next year. It's going to be, it might make a lot of sense for her to apply for her, her own benefit based on her work history. It'll be reduced because she's claiming it early. Okay. That's okay. And then as long as she waits until she's social security retirement age, which will be age 67, then she can apply for her survivor benefit based on her deceased husband. Again, separation, right? Start off with her benefit and then switch over to a survivor benefit later. That switching over concept doesn't work with straight spousal benefits. You're either going to get your own or half of your spouse's full retirement benefit. Okay. And again, the greater of those. The greater of the two. Okay. Well, why don't we, I think that sounds like a good point. Do you want to dive into a little more about some of the other key variables that, sure. that yeah. you talk that we talk about when right. we're talking to clients right. and what you need to evaluate? Absolutely. And uh, again, it's uh, marital status, right? We've talked about that quite a bit. Uh, yep. Are there ex-spouses? Are there uh deceased spouses, um, ages of the of the parties involved, especially when we're looking at a well, almost any of these situations. We want to know the ages. And it's really the birth year that matters for Social Security. It's not so much the birthday, it's the birth year, which kind of tells you when your uh, full retirement ages are. The health and life expectancy matters a lot with Social Security. For a single person, for example, it's pretty straightforward, right? Should you claim benefits earlier or later? one of our basic questions is, well, how healthy are you, right? And, and you can run pretty easy models that will explain to the person, hey, if you live into your early 80s, you're going to be glad you waited till 70. 
if you think you're not going to live that long, you may want to grab it, right? Um, sure. So health, health and life expectancy matters. And a very key piece on the life on the health situation and life expectancy is it's not just you; it's your spouse. You know, oftentimes we'll have a higher earning spouse saying, "I'm going to go get my Social Security. I'm going to, I'm going to go grab it when I can." And we're, okay. we'll oftentimes be cautioning them to say, "You know what? You should wait. Wait till age seventy when you can get that maximum benefit because." It's that big benefit that lives on. So if you think your spouse is going to outlive you and their benefit's not very significant, that survivor benefit can be very, very valuable. And people sometimes, most people will kind of say, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that, right? So sure. um, that's a big piece. Other pieces are, you know, what other assets do you have available, right? For a lot of people, the situation is, you know, we definitely don't like folks claiming benefits at 62 if they don't need it because they're going to get such a cutback. But sometimes you need it. Right, I need I need that income, and then if you've got other assets, the other big part I know we're going to touch on it is your working status, right? Because if you're earning income, basically anything over twenty thousand dollars a year, okay, um, prior to your Social Security retirement age. So for me, I'm 61, 61 today. By the way, it's my birthday, so I'm starting to think about Social Security. Well, happy birthday! <laughs> Thanks. At age sixty-seven is my Social Security retirement age. So if I were to claim my benefits at sixty-two. Uh, I'm going to get a 30% haircut on my on my benefit. Will um, the benefit go up to your? Will the haircut or the reduction go away? No, when, it's permanent. Oh, right. Okay. So that that's a key point. Uh, but as far as the earnings benefit goes, if you if you have wages from work, um, it's not investment income. It's not pension income. It's strictly investment. You know, working either through a W two wage at a job or as a having your own business and having self-employment income. Basically, if you're over 19560 bucks between the ages of 62 and 67, your full social security retirement age, you're going to have your benefits reduced by $1 for every $2 you earn over that limit. So for basically, for folks who are working, even though they might be tempted to go get their social security before their full social security retirement age, generally speaking, we would say, don't do that if you really don't need the extra money. Okay. That, that's that's probably a key thing. And then probably the last variable I think about as far as we're getting things together is the disparity in benefits between the spouses. You know, it's one thing if you have a, a spouse with, you know, not a lot of work history and maybe lower benefits and their spouse has high benefits. There's certain things that we tend to lean towards. If you've got a situation where you've got both spouses earn good incomes throughout their career, maybe a different approach. Yep, absolutely. All right. Is there um, any, and then can you take benefits? Is there any situation where you can take benefits before the age of 62? Uh, yes. If you're a surviving spouse, it's age 60. Okay. And there's also some rules where if you're, if you're caring for a minor child, okay. um, disability, again, little, some topics that we probably won't go right. too deep into today, but there's some avenues to get a, some claiming a little bit early, but again, some of that, um, those cutbacks will come into play. So Oftentimes, again, if you can if you can hold off to wait to claim your benefit till it can be a higher benefit, we generally want to start there. Right, uh, especially too, and I um, I think in years like this where inflation is very high, there is a cola or cost of living adjustment on your benefits year over year. So if you delay have the higher benefit or your maximum benefit, then you're getting that inflation adjustment applied to it as well. True, true. I think probably the bigger the bigger way to think about it, I think, is you know whether you're on benefits or not, those colas that are happening are going to be happening underneath your benefit. You don't have to be in pay status right. to 
quote unquote, reap the reward, if you will, of, in, of the inflation adjustment. Okay. Um, obviously, if you're on benefits and you're getting a check, you're going to see it, yes. right? If you're not claiming it, you're just going to see your benefit you know, rise a little bit. You know, Not that you're claiming it, but your projected benefit is going to go up. On your statement. Yeah, so yes. There's, so the, I, I have seen that kind of a commentary or you know, put to rest saying, oh, I want to claim Social Security because I don't want to miss out on the COLA. That, to me, that's not that's not a thing you need to worry about. Yeah, it's not accurate. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, um, talking, you know, we've talked about different ages, different benefits and things like that. And you talked a little, highlighted a little bit. I don't know if there's anything else more you want to add on when you're getting near some of these ages, you're obviously going to have to gather the information so you can properly evaluate it. Was there any other color or information you wanted to share along those lines? Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I call it kind of the basic. If you haven't already done so, get set up online at ssa.gov. You know, ssa.gov, get your account set up, uh, your spouse as well. When I set it up for uh, for spouses or when people go out and do it, I recommend you do it together. You best sign up together, get your own sign-ups there. Okay. Um, I was amazed at the uh, level of the security questions. You know, it was pretty funny. It's like, you know, you lived on one of the following streets. It's like, wow. It was, it was very big brotherly. And so when yeah. I, was, I think when I was trying to set up my wife's account, I was like, Honey, did you ever live on this right. street? You know, because like, I thought it kind of interesting. I don't know as much about her as yeah, I was interested. So, like, what's your what's history of your cars? It was just the kind of thing where it was like, wow. So, my point is, um, get yourself set up on there. Um, then you can, you know, once a year or so, go on and get your statement. Certainly, as you're closer to getting closer, sixty and above, or even in the late fifties, and you want to start thinking about this stuff, get your statements for you and your spouse. And that's definitely data that, that your advisor is going to ask for first, because right. it's going to have a lot of good information on there. It's also, you have to dig a little bit deeper now, but you're going to see your work history on there, like your wage history. Take a look at that. Make sure it all looks reasonable. Obviously, you're not going to remember what you made back in 1994, but you, you'll know if it's reasonable. And the thing you're really concerned about or looking out for is if there's some zeros in there when you know you were working, right? So yes. it's something you want to monitor and, and, and get it updated. Um, don't panic if you're not seeing, you know, 2021 on there just yet. It may take a year, you know, a little while for it to show up. But if you've been working and you don't see any wage history from 2019 on, so to speak, you know, you may want to, you you want to contact Social Security because hopefully you've got W2s. I've I've never had it happen where anybody's had a problem, but it's just something they always warn us about, right? So right. so do look at that history, make sure it's it, it's um, reasonable, and then. Um, if you are working with an advisor and trying to gather some facts and you've got the ex-spouse situation or you've got the uh, surviving situation, having whatever information you have on your um, you know, ex-spouse or deceased spouse, you know, birth dates, that kind of thing. If it's a deceased spouse and it's somewhat recent, you may have a statement. You know, you may have you may have been grabbing these social security statements, and that's that's going to be helpful. Again, not required, but it'll help your advisor get some feel for some initial guidance. Great. Okay? That's all good information. Okay, so why don't we, we've talked a little bit about the different type of benefits, you know, how you can gather some information, what to review when you get your statements. What about, you want to maybe deep dive into kind of the question, the question of the day is, well, when when should I turn yeah, my benefits? Yeah. Well, you know, if you don't mind, let me think about the, a um, little bit more about information gathering. Sure. Just, I wanted to mention that. Absolutely. You know, there's some great online tools. Okay. Um, and even if you're perusing around the social security website, you know, for example, if you've got your, you know, if you're going to sit in a spousal situation and you know, your spouse's date of birth, 
which you, I'm sure you do. I would, well, <laughs> I would it might have been right? one of the reasons for the divorce. <laughs> uh, um, if you put that date of birth in, it'll it'll come back and calculate to you what your spousal, what the spousal benefit is. And then you can compare that to your spouse's own work record, you know, her benefit statement or oh, his or her benefit right, statement. Sure. And you'll kind of get an instant idea of, hey, turns out my spousal benefit is more than her own work benefit or vice versa. So, so it's kind of would a basic you, you can do that just off the birthday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because it's all you need, right? Because okay. remember the spousal benefit is calculated based on your work history. Okay. Nothing else. Oh, you're, I see. Right? You're then, saying to understand what my spouse could receive. Right. But okay. yeah, I'm looking at my benefit statement, by the way, or my benefit yes. online, okay. my spouse would get this. Now I'm going to go over to my spouse's printout, if you will, her statement. And let's start comparing some and getting some, some initial ideas. Other than the social security website, Lots of good resources out there. If you, you know, I, I wouldn't do this, but if you typed in social security help, you probably get 6 million hits on Google, but I'm sure. um, there's certainly a couple of terrific um, authors out there, some experts, and one that we use here at the firm whose information we rely on a lot um, is a woman named Mary Beth Franklin. Uh, she's a great practitioner, has written some nice, um, some books. There's some relatively short books you can get, you know, 45 page books where you can, articles where you can kind of Again, back to our conversation about knowing your situation because right. there's so much to social security and kind of whittle, you know, whittle it. I've got a question on survivor benefits. Well, you can go to that section of a book and I think you'll find you'll find some good stuff on there. There's yeah, definitely some calculators. Resource. Yeah, she, she's been great. So I think, you know, especially for those who are going to try to make the decision on their own without any, I'll call it professional guidance, definitely get some, use some resources. There's a lot of great data out there. Yeah, I would agree too. I know from our own experience and helping our clients when uh, I think as with any organization, right, it's a mixed bag on who's picking up the other end of that phone. So we've had some great representatives from social security and they've been really helpful, but I think you'd be setting yourself up to do a little bit of research and have a little knowledge before you're calling um, social security. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, especially with the, with the spousal you know, or the, you know, the ex-spouse and the, yes. and the survivor stuff, you know, there's a trust, but verify comment from mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan. But I, you know, I, honestly, my, my advice would be, don't be afraid to call more than once. Right. And, right. and get to, because if you're getting different answers, that's more of a concern. So, yeah. um, you know, we've had several situations where, you know, folks have kind of bought in from me. I was told this and then we call again, or, oh, they sent me this. And it's like, this information is kind of missing a lot of what you need. So again, I think it's social security can be a great resource and you can go in and see them, but just recognize that it, I'd be careful about relying on one rep's decision on one particular day. Yes. I think uh, that's probably good advice uh, for many areas in life, not just social security. All right. Well, this has been great background info. And I think it's getting us to the point where you want to talk a little bit about you know, I think we've all read or heard or, you know, probably these days on TikTok is delay, 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 right? Just delay or take it at 62, right? We have both ends of the spectrum. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of what you and I do, people try to kind of glom on to these absolute recommendations. Um, so you want to maybe talk uh Talk a little bit about how you help clients determine when to access their benefits. Sure, sure. And again, we talked about some of this stuff already, but if people are looking to go early and claim it because they're afraid it's not going to be there or they want to get it going, you know, there's some easy things that I think dissuade them logically. Again, like if you're still working, you know, if you're still working and don't need the money, 
I wouldn't take social security at 62 or 64 or 65. Wait till your full retirement age. And also keep in mind, folks, that it's, you know, it's not 65 like it used to be, right? Medicare is still 65. That's that's an absolute. But social security is um been moving up over the last several years. So if you were born in 1960 or later, your full social security retirement age is 67. If you were born between 1943 and 1954, it's 66. From 1955 through 1959, it's age 66 plus two months, plus four months, plus six months. So it slowly goes up. So um, you want to know what your social security full retirement age is for both you and your spouse, recognizing that you know you get cutbacks if you take it early. You know, so for example, if if your social security retirement age is 66 and you claim your benefits at 62, you're going to get a permanent 25% cut. Ouch. Right? So, and then the other piece of it, which we haven't talked about yet, but we need to, is that if you postpone your benefit mm-hmm. and the latest you can postpone it or should postpone it is 70 years old. For each year you postpone after your full social security retirement age, you get an 8% increase in your normal full social security retirement benefit. Simple example, 67 is your full social security retirement age. If your benefit at full social security retirement age was $1,000 and you put it off for three more years till you're 70, you get an 8% increase each year. Now it's simple interest, it's not compound, but short answer is you get 24% more if you waited those three years. So to $1,240 in our example. So no point going after age 70. There's no, there's no benefit for that. Okay. Um, and also the, um, these post social security retirement age increases is 8% increase. It doesn't apply to spousal benefits. So it's like, you just want to be careful with, uh, you know, don't wait too long. If it's not, if it's not going to climb. Okay. Right? The other piece about the earnings limitation I mentioned before, it goes away when you reach age 60, when you reach your full social security retirement age. So if you're working and you're over age 60, you know, 67 in my example and claiming social security, you're not going to be paying any extra tax. You know, you, I mean, I'm sorry, your benefits won't be cut back. You'll be paying tax on your benefits, which we'll talk about later. But so um, again, a few things to think about postponing oftentimes is good, especially for the for the highest benefit in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, remember, it's it's the largest benefit that lives on, you know. So we put a lot more time into these things, kind of thinking it through when there's a spouse involved, you know, when it's two people. And we also recognize, as we all should, that it's really, it's rarely black and white, right? right. It's a sliding scale and, and there's a subjectivity to it. And so you want to be open to what some of the subjective worries are or concerns are. And obviously some of the bigger ones are people are stressing about cash flow and don't want to tap into their investments. Well, okay, we'll turn social security on. You know, right. For us, we'd rather have folks tap into the portfolios a little bit if they can let their social security benefit grow. Because it's one of the few things out there that you can't outlive and that has a cost of living increase built in. You know, it, It's a tremendous benefit. We can maybe talk a little bit later if we have time about how long it'll be a terrific benefit. That's maybe a topic for a separate, uh, I, yeah, separate we conversation. Will have to, I think we'll have to have you come back on either for some more of the unusual situations or if we want to do a deeper dive yeah. on any one of these. One thing I think before we wrap up and you talked about, so you've talked about that um, depending on the amount of your earnings, what your full retirement age is considered in the social security system, your benefit may be reduced because of that. But let's flip to the other side and talk about, you know, the taxation of your benefits. So you've turned on your social security benefits, regardless of 
whether you have earned income or not, potentially your benefits could be taxed. Correct. Correct. And um, so we'll focus on the, on the income tax situation. Right. So you have to come up, there's a, there's a number that the IRS or in the tax code has created called combined income. And that's not a number that you can pull off a tax return, but it's easy to get to. So first you got to know your combined income. And the, the, the combined income is basically everything that you think is income that shows up on your adjusted gross income from your, on your tax return, but subtract off your social security benefit and then add back half of it. All right. So combined income is what you think of as income plus half your social security benefit, kind of a unique and unique piece. And, and it, if you're a joint, uh, jointly, jointly filing, you're married filing jointly, if that combined income figure is less than $32,000, then none of your social security benefits are going to be taxed. If it's between 34,000 and 44,000, then you're going to be 50% of that income is going to be 50% of your ta- your social security benefits going to be taxed. And then if you're over that 44,000 number joint, then you can have up to 85% of your social security benefits taxed. Now, Keep in mind, it's not a 50% tax, it's not an 85% tax. It's just a portion of your social security, basically half of it, is subject to that tax rate. Right. right? So, and so that's whatever tax rate you happen to be in for yeah. that year. Yeah. So it it can definitely matter. And for some folks who, you know, keep in mind things like, you know, IRA distributions, you know, any income. So here it's not, you know, you're taking pension distributions, you have a capital gain from the sale of an asset, all of a sudden you could find year to year. Well, my tax rates seem to jump a lot. Like what mm-hmm. happened? Well, you're paying, as an example, you're paying income tax on the IRA money you took out. You knew that. But I thought my tax rate, you know, I thought, my, thought I was in a 15% bracket. Mm-hmm. Why am I paying? I took $10,000 out of my IRA. Why did my tax bill go up by 5,000? Right. Well, it's a combination of a couple things. Could be the, a little bit of the tax you're paying on the social security you took, I'm sorry, on the IRA you took out. Also, maybe more of your social security benefits subject to taxes. Things like the capital gain phase out and that those benefits go away too. So there's just a social security can kind of throw a monkey wrench into like perfect tax planning, but it doesn't mean you don't take it. It's just income like anything else, but you're going to have to pay your, pay your fair share. Right. And I think too, one of the things, um, you and I and our co- other colleagues at Private Vista are always saying, you absolutely want to be aware of any tax consequences and consider any strategies, but we don't want to let the tax tail wag the dog. That's our phrase. That right? is our phrase. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then one other piece about taxes, just to be aware of it, depending on who's who, where you live. Okay. Uh, most states do not tax your social security benefit, but there are 13 states that do. And real quick, they're Colorado, Connecticut, Kansas, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Mexico, North Dakota, Rhode Island, Utah, Vermont, and West Virginia. So if you're living in any of those states, uh, you may want to, you want to understand kind of the tax the uh, tax impact on that. Okay. Right? And if I may, one uh, couple items on the uh, earnings limitation, why we're kind of thinking about the sure. flip side of that, yep. is that uh, we talked about that, you know, if you make over $20,000, your benefit gets reduced by $2 for every dollar you make. I'm sorry, your benefit's reduced by $1 for every $2 you make over that limit. That That's only on your, if you're working, right? So if you're uh, in our example of a of a spouse that maybe doesn't have a lot of work history, uh, they're retired, and their sp- other their you know their spouse keeps working. If you're not working and you want to claim your benefit early, there isn't going to be an earnings there isn't going to be an earnings cap hit because it's not your wage. Okay, right? it's, it's the wage of the person taking the benefit. And then just 
It's a little difficult, difficult to prove, but the math is there. If your benefit is quote unquote cut back, you don't lose it. It winds up getting rebuilt back into your benefit a little bit later down the road. Right. Um, the math is, I wouldn't say the math's hard. The formula is just a little confusing and we- A little convoluted. Can't do it on, uh, without, it, without, without visual. Without so, a whiteboard. Without All a right. whiteboard, right. So just, yeah, again, be aware of that. I think that's a good point though. Yeah. So it's, I don't know if you would agree with this terminology, but you're not losing it. It's just maybe getting deferred to when you, or you'll get it. You'll earn it back. You'll, earn it, you'll get a it little, paid back a little time, later. Okay. Over time. But it's because it's, I think, so difficult to like really see it that some people just don't, don't believe it. it. Okay. You know, don't okay. believe it or just feel like, don't, again, that's why for us, it's somewhat simplistic to, you know, to say if you're still working and don't need the money, don't take your social security. Right. Let it grow. Let it become a bigger benefit for you. Yes. Well, good. Well, uh, we could, you know, we could be here for hours, but I think you did a great job of kind of highlighting some of the key points. I think you did a certainly stuck the landing on supporting our opening statement that it is not a straightforward decision. Yeah. So one question uh, I ask all my guests before we wrap up is if you could live anywhere in the world, no time constraints, no money constraints, no family constraints, because I know how important your wife and family are to you. But if it was just Mike saying I could live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Well, to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't want to live anywhere without my wife. I know. I, I've okay. got to, I want to caveat that. So uh, for us, for, you know, for me anyway, uh, it's where your friends and family are, honestly. Um, I do like the concept, though, of summers in Michigan and or Wisconsin and here in Illinois or winters in Florida. I mean, I, I like that concept, you know, having the, your choice of weather. Love it. Know? Yeah. So I'm not, nothing exotic for me. I, I you know, There's no I, wrong answer. I won't say Tokyo or London or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy, pretty happy being in America. Well, you know what? That's nice to hear. And uh, as I said, there's no wrong answer. So Fair thanks, enough. thanks Good. for sharing. I'm glad there's no wrong yes. answer because that would have been really Yes. Hard. And we know uh, if you're, we obviously I'm excited to know your wife will be one of our listeners. <laughs> since oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just well, her. I can't commit her to listening, but if she does, hey, I got my cover my bases, right? There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for sharing a little bit of what I know is a much broader um, understanding and skill set of being able to help your clients navigate this very tricky system. So thanks for joining me today. Happy to do it. As we said at the beginning, this is complicated uh, and it's not easy and I don't think anybody should go at this alone. So how do they reach out to you, uh, whether it's Mike or whether it's another member of the team? What's some good contact information for our listening, listening audience? The best way to get in touch with Mike or anyone else on our team are two ways. You can go to our website at www.myprivatevista.com. In the upper right-hand corner, there'll be a contact us button. Uh, that will then get you directed to Mike or anyone else on our team. Or you can call us at 312-831-4370 and either Sue or Lorena will answer the phone and they'll be able to direct you to Mike or someone else on our team. Fantastic. Mike, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Nicole, thank you so much for facilitating this and being an amazing host. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Dollars and Cents podcast with Nicole Romito. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Nicole comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. 
Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Private Vista, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.